The views and opinions expressed by the producers, hosts, and guests of Flash Black Radio do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Flash Black or its parent company. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Hello, beautiful people. This is www.flashblackradio.com. I am DaVinci Parks, a.k.a. Lee Bennett III, and sitting in studio to my right is my right-hand man. This is is Slim Williams, a.k.a. S-double, a.k.a. The Organic Paradox, a.k.a. Mount Mush Rushmore's nipples, aka that's all I have. I don't. I don't have any more. Mount Rushmore's nipples. Yes. Yes. Was that off the spot right there? That's yeah, the it time. was. I was the erogenous portion of Mount Rushmore. The part that they keep covered up under. Said, yes. They don't want anyone to see it. It's the seamy underbelly of Mount Rushmore. Oh, got it. I. I. I uh. Uh. Yeah. You want you want to make a confession? Huh? <laughs> you want to make a confession? about nasty things I've done with Mount Rushmore? No, that's not. Uh, but it's just I don't know. Okay. I'm just saying, like the founding fathers, like you know, they uh, they owned a lot of slaves, so. You're gonna have to break on that one first. I was, I was, I was gonna hold that. <laughs> they hold a lot of slaves. That's all I'm saying. Okay, I, I don't understand how they're related. But it's just a lot of history. It's a lot of history that we don't really talk about. That's kind of integral to the, the fabric of America, but we don't really talk about it. None that has anything to do with today's show. Nope, not at all. Nope. Okay, so if you're you're wondering, Mount Hushmore, <laughs> you're just hearing the two dudes from the Usual Suspects, that is because our two lovely lady cohorts or women cohorts, fabulous black women cohorts, uh, I don't know how to do it without sounding like, you know, like patriarchal or hotep at the same time. I, I'm trying to like, you know. It My sounds black o- queen. It, it sounds overly PC, but like, you know, it's like our two co-hosts. How about we just do it like that? Like, yeah. the gender's really not that We important. can just say what they are. Yeah, there are two And co-hosts. who they are. Yeah, yeah. T. Rich, K. Savage. Um, individually and collectively cannot be with us. You don't really do that while I'm trying to talk about the, the co-host? Mm-hmm. That's just rude. Uh, they're not able to be with us today. Uh, so we're sending our love to them. You can send your love as well. Um, hopefully we'll be back in full effect next week. Uh, but we wanted to make sure that we came together in some capacity to record because it's been a minute. It's been a minute it's since been we, a while. It's been a minute since we got on the mic. We actually had plans to all four of us be on, and then some things happened at the last minute. So life. Yeah, life happens. Real life is happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, like, everything's cool. But, uh, yeah, yeah. They they just need they just need some time. So, we, you know, that's what it is. That's what fam does. Just like, you know, we hold them down until they get back. Hey, lemonade is a popular drink. And it still is. Yep. So, that's what we're doing. We make it lemonade. Well, actually, we're making margarita mix. We make a water, watermelon ice cube margarita mix. Here's what I'm going to recommend to you all. And usually, I don't give the secrets to my greatness. I'm just going to tell you because I want you to enjoy this greatness in your own homes. Get some watermelon. You cut up your watermelon. That watermelon is going to yield 
a lot of juice. Keep that juice. Cut your watermelon in like an apparatus like a cookie sheet or something like that. Something that will allow you to collect juice. Maybe a baking tin. Yeah, something. Because it's got more depth. Yeah, and then pour that juice into some ice cube trays and then just, just put it in the freezer. And then go ahead and make you either make you a margarita or go and get you some margarita mix. Whatever you want to do, take those watermelon cubes, just drop them in there. And then just like, you know, luxuriate. This is this is uh from Marlon Stewart, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, look, look, look here. This is Marlon Stewart, right? I'm trying to tell y'all how to how to make sure you know that a hood thing could be a good thing, right? First thing you do right here, you take that watermelon juice, you cut it in a cookie sheet or a baking tin, right? As the homie Lee said, because you want to make sure you have enough depth to capture all the juice, right? Then you take that juice. You pour it into some ice cubes, right? Now, if you want to do the same thing with, say, some mango, some freshly sliced mango, you could do the same thing. Just make sure you capture all that juice, right? And then you know what? You go ahead and take those ice cubes after they get good and frozen, mix them with your favorite alcoholic beverage, and then you know what you got? You got something that's splendiferous. That's all I'm talking about. I mean, so what I'm saying is, you know, you can just, you know, perhaps, you know, Get some regular Ciroc, put some mango ice cubes in it. Or you can get some, like, you know, regular Ciroc and put some watermelon ice cubes in it. Hey, look. Or you can get some mango Ciroc, put some mango ice cubes in it. Hey. I mean, then what you doing? I mean, what you got is like mango on top of mango. That's what I'm saying. Hey, look, ain't nothing wrong with mango on mango. I'm just saying this is Marlon Stewart, and I'm just trying to make sure you know that hood thing is a good thing, and we shouldn't just overlook it. The hood has so many wonderful things to offer us, right? Like, you know, sometimes you might be wearing your do-rag, right? Sometimes you might be able to take many of your old do-rags and you might be able to sew them together and make yourself a little Afghan. You know, you might be able to do that, right? Give yourself opportunities, all I'm talking about, homie. Yeah, so uh, that, 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 was, that was today's message from Marlon Stewart. Uh, message? Ding. <laughs> Yeah. Uh so uh th- there are a lot of things that we could talk about. Uh I don't really want to talk about politics because politics right now, you know, without the enjoyment of being able to see like T Rich glaze over is is really not the same. I mean, I think we should follow the model of what happens to the world when black women are not present. The world gets ignorant. We should just follow that <laughs> we should just follow that line. Ladies and gentlemen, that was, uh, that was Squeaky a chair. chair. Just give chair. it. I want y'all to just give. We want to give a shout out to Squeaky Chair. That sounded like a cry for help. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, that was who? Well, yeah. That joint wow. is the reincarnation of Nipsey Russell. Is in that chair. Slide some oil okay, to me. Yeah. I don't have any WD forty though, so that chair is just gonna have to keep on crying. Yeah, actually, WD forty might actually make it worse. Cause it's gonna strip the oil out, whatever lubrication it had out. But you know, Teen. I get what you're I didn't understand what he was saying as a kid. Tahini. I didn't understand him saying teeny. I was like, Tahini. I, I didn't get it as a kid. There's a lot like, of things I didn't get as a kid. It's like a, a like a, a Indian cuisine, like a hors d'oeuvre. You know what? That's really that's really uh, in the weeds right there. I'll see what you did right there. I mean, it could be. I, I no, don't know. I, I liked what you were doing there. Yeah, look, I'm yeah. just trying to yeah. like 
Make sure I know that you've experienced many things. You've experienced many things. I don't know. I don't so know. something might sound like, an, like you're being facetious an India cuisine hors d'oeuvre. Okay. Uh, so first out the gate, Dave Chappelle sticks and stones. Oh my goodness. So there are a lot of people who are in the feelings right now. And my question is, how long have you been listening to Dave Chappelle? <laughs> <laughs> if you were surprised <laughs> by how Dave Chappelle went in, like, and, and I'm a, look, I'm going to say this. I'm glad you brought that up, first of all. Thank you. I didn't agree with everything Dave Chappelle said in his comedy special, but there's two ears that I listen to a comedy special with. The first ear I listen to is, is it funny? Is it funny? All right. It was funny. Like, listening to it from like a comedian with a comedian's ear, like, the jokes were well, were well crafted. They were well timed. His execution of the jokes were seamless. Dave Chappelle, at this point in his career, he can teach a master class on a comedy stand-up special. When you get down into the weeds of, like, did you find some of the things he was, like, speaking to specifically problematic um, I did not agree with everything Dave Chappelle was saying, but I also didn't feel like everything he was saying was wrong. So it put me in that very interesting space uh, where he would say something and I'd be like, oh, it was definitely cringeworthy. But then I'd be like, I would think about it like as he was talking and I'd be like, uh, but he's not exactly wrong. So it could be that I don't agree with his approach to it. I don't agree with the like the the thought process around like it could be something some specific aspect of it that I didn't agree with. Um, some things like he delivered it funny, but conceptually I don't I don't think it's funny. Like he said, I will be I will be what you would call like a, a victim blamer, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't think the concept of victim blaming is funny. I don't think that's anything to laugh at. I don't think that's a subject that we should take lightly. I think there are many, many victims who feel like they can't voice uh, the suffering that they've experienced um, because we have a victim blame culture uh, and we make people accountable for what other people do to them. And people, there's enough people, things that people should be accountable for that they do themselves without making them accountable uh, for the attacks of other people upon them. Right. But, you know, but even with that considered, like the way he delivered the joke from a comedic timing and a construction of a joke perspective, it was funny um, from that perspective. So I think Dave Chappelle's doing what a comedian is supposed to do. He's supposed to take controversial stuff. He's supposed to take topics that are not easy to talk about. Mm -hmm. And he's supposed to put that into the lexicon so people can discuss it. The lexicon? The lexicon, the ethos, the, I mean, what you want to say? I'm <laughs> no. pretty sure I'm like five drinks ahead of you right yeah, now. Yeah, you were definitely so five drinks ahead of you. That's what I'm saying. But I am feeling warm right now, so. Yeah, look, well, where do you feel? The watermelon feel? and margarita. I'm feeling behind my eyes. In your eyes? That's yeah. the place. That's the magic. Yeah. That's, that's where the magic That's not the magic place for me, but you know. Oh, wait a no, minute. No judgment. Are you talking about your balls? No. 
<laughs> okay, I, when I get drunk, I don't feel it in my balls at all. I, said, I don't. Like, first of all, we don't need we don't need to have that discussion. Where, but anyway, like, well, let's like, let let's let America or the world is the internet, so it could be the world. It, it is. Yeah, we got Brazil. I, I don't. I don't think the it, what up Brazil. We got a lot of Brazilian blah, blah, love. Blah, blah, blah. Talk uh, about it. Let's talk about Lee's balls, Brazil. No, let's let's not. So but, let, let's let's get let's stay on. Let's stay. Okay. So what I would say is this. Um, When I went to go see Dave Chappelle, the first time I saw him live, mm-hmm. I just happened to catch a moment that I didn't know I was going to catch. I called history because I went to go see him and killing himself. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was going to see. It's just one of those things like um, I remember very well. Uh, the homie Lynn has a cousin named Lawrence who we've mm-hmm. interviewed on Flash Black. Shout out to the homie Lynn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who interviewed on Flash Black, whatever. And he was like, yo, I'm going to go see this Dave Chappelle concert, whatever. It's like, free tickets. You want to come? I'm like, all right, cool. We like, we both like, cool. So we got the tickets, whatever. We showed up. We were in the second like, the tier of Lincoln um, Lincoln Theater, whatever. It's a whole thing, whatever. We went and like, shit was hilarious. I mean, you've seen Killing Them Softly. You know what it is. Um, also, like to say, just a side note or whatever, there's like half an hour of like jokes that was cut out. Like it's a whole thing with like the baby and the strip club, you know, tipping strippers, and it was, it, was, it was pretty funny. But they cut that part out. But anyway, I digress. Um, so sure. Since then, I've been a very big fan of Dave Chappelle. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, it's one of those things, like you know, like you know, seeing half baked or whatever. I was a fan of the writing, whatever. I liked how he he did the writing. He and Neil actually did the writing with half baked. Obviously, Chappelle show. Um, I think he's a very brilliant comedian. But um, listen to Killing Them Softly. I can't remember the name, and I was trying to Google. That's why I was so quiet while you were talking before. I was trying to Google the name. I can't remember the name of his second stand up. Mm-hmm. Um, but that joint. The second big stand-up? The one that came after Killing Them Softly when we were talking about like Lama's masturbating, the homeless dude masturbating on the bus. Live from the Fillmore? That might be it. I think it was live from the Fillmore. Okay, I don't know. I I, I can't remember the name at all. Mm -hmm. I know I've watched it a couple times, but I just can't remember the name of it at all. I'm also inebriated, so I could be completely wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just go with it because I really don't know. I mean- Feel free to fact check us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially in Brazil. Fact fact check us, Brazil. What did I say? Fact check? That's not what you said. Fact check. Check. There you go. All right. There you go. Newsome. <laughs> That's an inside joke, ladies. Oh, and it won't be in a second. It won't be in a second. <laughs> We're gonna talk about that. We we are going to talk about that. Why not? I mean, are you cause... getting married? <laughs> so <laughs> so uh essentially, um, if you listen to the way Chappelle like okay, so one of the things like Slim you and I have talked about this quite a bit, whatever. One of the things that I appreciate about Dave Chappelle is uh like each comic has a way that they set up jokes. Like, you know, like Kevin Hart has a thing where he tells a joke where like he's about to get into the joke. He's like, here's the thing, people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And he does this whole setup or whatever where he like he like like gets back or whatever. And he does this whole thing, or whatever, with his body. Mm-hmm. He gets his body going and everything, or whatever, people are laughing, because he's very funny conversationally. So even if Kevin Hart isn't saying anything funny in the moment, because he's just naturally, you know, a you know, infectious and the way he just does things or whatever, he'll get you like laughing until he gets to the punchline. The punchline might be good payoff, but it might not be. 
but he just has this thing. Louis C.K. has a thing. We there's a you send me a joint like a few years back or whatever about mm-hmm. like how he sets up a joke or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave Chappelle. This was before he masturbated to a plant in a potted plant on yeah. the phone. Yeah, in his own. Well, it was, you know, I, I think the plant had more to. It's, it's, it's problematic. Let's yeah. stay away from that. So, um, with Dave Chappelle, what I admire about his his uh, his joke acumen is he'll set up a joke. And he will tell like mad different jokes that are completely unrelated to the joke to the point you forget about the joke that he's set up. And he'll come back around to the joke. You know what I'm saying? It might be. And I noticed now, like, because when I saw him live the second time, the joint, um, the joint, um, the third Netflix special that he did, Mm -hmm. um, that joint, no, technically it was the second one because the third one was the bird, the bird, uh, theory. That was technically the third one. That, nobody yeah. knew that one was coming out. So the second one, which was the one that was better than Equanimity. Live in Texas. Yeah, yeah, that was the better one than the Live in Texas one, in my opinion. The Equanimity joint, uh, I knew the joke. I knew the punchline at the end of the show because I'd seen Dave enough. Mm-hmm. I knew who's going saw back the to pattern. That. Yeah, yeah I, knew the, I knew the joke where he was coming back or whatever. So it was, and also, like when I, when I saw him actually killing him softly or whatever, mm-hmm. There were a couple of jokes. He made some jokes about Sesame Street. I hadn't written poems that, but like the sp- the punchlines were very similar. Mm-hmm. So it's just I like I'm not putting myself anywhere near Dave Chappelle. I was level. just about to ask you that. I was like, what, what? no, 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 no. I'm not putting myself Are anywhere you? near Dave Chappelle's level. <laughs> but but you have you have made a very good point that I actually subscribe to now. If there's an idea, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Somebody else in the universe might have that idea. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I've seen, unfortunately, like I've had a really dope idea when I was in high school, and um. Melvin Van Peebles made a movie called Solo that was very much in line with the idea I had in high school. My idea is way doper. Why? And Melvin Van Peebles, I got love for him and I got love for like, you know, the history of his father. Right. You know, all that good stuff. I got mad respect for him, but he's just not a good movie maker. Even down to Possum, he gave us Sally Richards and wife. You know what I'm saying? Even that, I mean, that's a whole other thing. No, no, when we get to our like Solo, but how you feel about K Solo? Hey man, like the funky letter man. Hey man, you know, you know. That's all I'm saying. As long as mom say I'm a business, I'm good. All uh, solos aren't created equal. That's yeah, just, I got a man named Solo. What up, Solo? <laughs> Naquan, what's good, bro? Anyway, so uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah. So anyway, like I just think like the setup, the way he does things. So um, he had one where he was talking about uh, like uh, this kid in the second um, uh, stand up who had been basically. Sentenced to life in prison for accidentally killing a little girl. Mm. Uh, he was uh, essentially he was a, he was a, he's an older kid. He was like fourteen years old. He was play wrestling with a younger girl. He was um, he didn't understand what he was doing really, and um, he accidentally um, um, basically caused this little girl to die. He, he he did a wrestling move on her that he had seen on TV, whatever. Mm-hmm. Much oh, bigger, much stronger. Yeah. And I think that I think it happened in Florida. I could be wrong, but like so many things happened in Florida. So we'll just say But it wasn't it was. Florida man who did it. Yeah, no. So okay. the, but this kid was basically uh sentenced to murder. I mean, he, he I mean not sentenced to murder, he was uh sentenced on the basis of murder. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was sentenced to life in prison and he had poor representation. Everything about the case was just bad. Um, it's unfortunate, of course, that the little girl lost her life. Mm-hmm. That I don't believe that for one second that was the little kid's intent or the younger man's intentions, mm-hmm. but it's it's the product. That's what happened. Um, and he did this joke that was so masterful. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so Dave Chappelle has set up this like uh, 
this front end where he was basically breaking down the whole story about this this incident or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he went on and told like a few other jokes, and he wrapped it back around and made this beautiful point mm-hmm. at the end of it. And maybe it's one of those points that was, at one point, on one hand, it was like cold, like, oh, damn, that's 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 cold. On the other hand, it's like, like hmm, shit, there, there's there's some there's some truth in that though. And that's just how Dave works. You know what I'm saying? So, like, whether you're gonna agree with him or not, one thing I I will staunchly uh you know stand by when it comes to the comedy of Dave Chappelle, and I will also extend that to Chris Rock. Um, whether you agree with them or not, they are very intelligent dudes that make very salient points, and they are very good at socio-political commentary. Extremely good at it. And, and for my for my uh, from my vantage point, I think they're the best ones doing it right now and have been for some time. That's just my opinion. So, like, when people were getting mad about what Dave was saying, it's like, yo, he told you from the gate, like, yo, this is going to be offensive to some of you. But at the end of the day, I think I understand ultimately what he was trying to say is, like, look, this cancel culture shit has gone a little bit too far. At the end of the day, like, yo, we comedians. And, and like, comedians, if you're saying something need to be able to have the the ability to say something. My personal perspective is on top of that, because I can't speak for Dave, so I'll speak for me. I've long held the position, and this is going back, although I'm not a official comedian or anything like that, I do like fancy myself a bit of a comic or whatever, because I dabble, but I'm also, I really like pay attention to like comedy. You know what I'm saying? And I've been paying attention to comedy since a little youth. Watching Richard Pryor when I shouldn't have been, Eddie Murphy when I shouldn't have been, watching Robin Harris, et cetera, et cetera. Watched a lot of comedians. I pay attention to how they set up the jokes and the structure and all that good stuff, whatever. A master comedian and a master poet are the highest stations in any society. Why? Because at the end of the day, although they are flawed, they have the ability to check anybody else in, in the society that they live in. So if you're talking about the president, you're talking about the pope. You're talking about whoever you want to like bring up. A master poet and a master comedian can talk about all those people because they can also talk about their flaws and themselves in the same breath. That's what was why Richard Pryor to me was beautiful. Richard would set you up with jokes about Richard. He would tell you about how he was fucking up. Like, yo, I was drunk. I got like belligerent. You know what I'm saying? My wife and I had a disagreement. And I shot my car because I was like, yo, you ain't going to leave me in the car that I bought you. I'm not telling like Richard is because I'm not Richard and I'm not going to try. My whole point is Richard would tell you about all the shit he was talking about with himself. And then he would turn around and say, all right, now that I got myself out of the way, let's talk about this black and white stuff. It's stupid. Here's why. So, I mean, I think Dave and Chris do no different. So, like, if y'all want to get mad at Dave and Chris... When they've been doing the same comedy for the last 30 years, yo, I really think y'all need to chill. I'll, I'll also uh, piggyback that by saying. Cheers, by the way. It, it's like. Cheers, mate. I'll piggyback that by saying. If you're going to get angry. Get angry. Because I think part of having dialogues like this is for things to be said and done and for people to have the reactions that we're, they're going to have. So you can have an understanding of how people feel when subjects like this come up. 
and understand like the full parameters of what you're dealing with when you're going to talk to us. If you are really feeling angry in response to something and but you talk to me like you're not angry, we're not going to get to the bottom right of what you're actually experiencing. When you hear something like this, and we're not going to be able to really, really talk about it. I think what Lee is saying, and I agree with this, is understand what you're dealing with when you go into a situation. You should not be surprised when Dave Chappelle tells some jokes and the jokes may feel controversial. Incendiary. Incendiary. Some may say problematic because that's their perspective. Like if if you're going to have that experience, you shouldn't be surprised by the experience. But even though you're not surprised by the experience, whatever reaction you're having, that's a legitimate reaction. Have that reaction. And then let's talk about it. Let's have a discussion about the subject matter that he was joking about. Let's laugh at the jokes that we agree were funny. And then the stuff that we didn't agree was funny because some of us had adverse reactions to it. Let's talk about those subject matters because those are the subjects that are actually plaguing the society. Those are the social diseases that people are experiencing. And that's why the comedian chose to make a joke because they had an observation about something that they saw was troubling in society. Yeah. I mean, and that's part of what being a comedian is. For you to be able to have the the latitude to be able to point those things out. The comedian, in many ways, is a check against society. Uh, when you have people who are talking one way, you have comedians that are going against the grain and saying, hey, we're going to talk about this. Now, some comedians are blue and their material might not be political at all. That's fine. Other comedians might mix it up. Some comedians are might very much political and that's their bag. Lewis Black is a very political comedian, but that's not all he does. Um it depends on what type of comedian you're looking for. Like if Jim Gaffigan started making a bunch of like socio political commentary and stepped away from making comments about food and family, I'd be I'll be like, oh that's 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 interesting. But Dave will, was always different. Yeah. yeah, Dave has always been in these waters. When I mean, he was talking about like, yo, like kill that nigger and then let's sprinkle some crack on him. Sprinkle some crack <laughs> Yo, like that was that that joke was from 20 years ago. Y'all laughed at that. If y'all didn't laugh at it, like, hey, what, what can I say? But that was Open a joke. Open and shut case, Johnson. Yeah, that, that was a joke for 20 years ago. Like, I want some of that purple stuff. What is this drink? You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, these are like these are jokes about like, yo, being like without, not having, lacking in financial means and well-being and wealth and all that stuff. So, I mean, he was making these comments in a way before that maybe was palatable for you, whatever, but they were the same, like, they were coming from the same place. Now, because maybe it's hitting a little close to home, and now because we're, like, telling ourselves that we have to be, like, a little bit overly PC or politically correct, and I don't know necessarily what that means anymore, just like I don't know what it means to be Democratic or Republican these days, um, I think is a thing. But, I mean, I'm not saying folks are not entitled to be offended. That's fine because at the end of the day, somebody's going to typically be offended. If you're not offended at the end of a comedy show, I don't even know if you did a good job. I mean, <laughs> we we can say this about the world. We can say this about America. I think it's specifically poignant to America that when you haven't healed from something, and things are inflamed. Sensation becomes is you're hypersensitive 
to sensation when there's areas inflamed. So giggity. I didn't say engorged. I said inflamed. Come on, man, get your mind out the gutter. I'm, just I'm talking saying, about. I'm just highly sensitive. I'm, I'm talking about like, swelling, not swelling. That's okay. what I'm talking about. Right. You know you now you swelling. Yeah, you you, you you sprain something. You know it okay. gets inflamed, okay. and then once it's inflamed, you know it's sensitive to the touch. That's all I'm saying. In America is in a situation definitely right now, but throughout our history where we've never healed, we've never healed fractures, bumps, bruises, clean breaks. I tell you, just like dust yourself off and get on with it. Uh, yeah, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That and at the same time, people not healing. So everybody's walking around with, with inflammation. And that inflammation is in the form of uh, PTSD. It's in the form of... Uh, you know, clinical depression, major depression disorder. It's in the form of anxiety disorder. It's in the form of people walking around with stuff that they not diagnosed with, but still suffering from the effects of white tears. And uh, look, it's it's in the form of affluenza, you know, it's in the form of all of this stuff. And, you know, so every, every, it's like everybody's walking around inflamed. So what happens is, you know, the comedian tells a joke, and they're telling joke in the environment where everybody's inflamed. So everything's hypersensitive. And I understand. I'm not going to say that there aren't things that I'm, you know, not sensitive to. I'm a black man in America. I'm a black person in America. There's some things that I am sensitive to. And I believe rightfully so. I should be sensitive to those things. But. As a human being, I should be able to take a look at something and hopefully if I've achieved a certain degree of healing and a certain degree of uh, mental clarity um, and a certain degree of understanding about human interaction and social constructs, I should be able to look at a situation and just find like if something's meant to be funny I should be able to like try to find the funny in it somehow. Some things you just can't do. Like some things are just like, some things aren't problematic. Some things are just wrong, right? They're just up and down wrong. Like I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and defend, you know, like a joke about straight up and down, no confusion, uh, child molestation. I'm not going to defend that joke. You know, I'm not going to defend the joke about straight up and down, no confusion, no interpretation, rape. Like, I'm not going to do that. You know, but people speak in metaphor. <laughs> you know, people people speak in imagery, and they use uh, they use language to be creative and that leaves gray area that leaves room for interpretation. And, you know, some of this is like, is America's fault. It's the fault of American history. Some of it is like individuals taking accountability for how they react to things. And it's all jumbled up and it's a difficult, difficult journey to figure out like who like, is it is just it's not easy to unwind it all like who's responsible for what you know and it's comedy it's not supposed to be this complicated i mean well i mean 
It is, but it's not supposed well, to be. I mean, if you think about the fact that, like, the idea. Okay, so the irony is, in in essence and in theory, you're supposed to pay money to go to a comedy show to be entertained. But there's so many people who, for the same thing, I'm going to use the same thing for poetry, mm-hmm. you know, or to be enriched, to like, you know, to be like, you know, to feel something, right? Um, but there's Inflamed, so many, engorged, not enriched. That, not that. Oh, okay. Uh, just, but there's so many people that will go to a comedy show or go to a show where poetry is happening mm-hmm. and there will be that that section of people that wants to like talk loudly and you know clearly not invested or interested in what's happening in terms of what's going on on the stage right there are people who like you know i've seen people go to comedy shows and act a straight ass they want to be like the center of attention although they're not on stage being paid to actually ply their craft um there's so many elements that you get when you go to these type of events the end of the day you're choosing to go to the space to see these people. Mm-hmm. Whether you know the people personally or you're familiar with their comedy or not, you're going to see them perform and work their craft. Mm-hmm. And knowing that, knowing you're going there to be entertained and to hear jokes or whatever, you don't know whether or not you're going to find somebody that might be offensive or might be like going. You know, because I mean, I you go to see some some people that are like wow they they went there with it, huh? Like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that that can't happen, but when you're talking about somebody who is a known quantity, right? When you're talking about somebody, if you're talking about George Lopez, you should know what it is by now. If you're talking about Jerry Seinfeld, you should know what it is. George Wallace, you should know what it is. Wanda Sykes. You should know what it is. Amy Schumer, you should know what it is. Chris Rock, you should know what it is. Tiffany Haddish, eh, we're still figuring that you should out. Know what it is? We're still figuring that out. You, you know, know she ready, is. but you know, we, we, like we ready? haven't really seen her do a, a lot. Of, we haven't seen her do a lot, a lot of comedy. But you know, at the Comedic end of the day, acting in movies though, we know what it is. She be she a breath of fresh air. Yeah, in yeah, movies, yeah, yeah. Man. So that's what I'm saying. So like when we talk about people who've been doing this craft for 10, 20, 30, like Dave Chappelle was literally 30 years into comedy and he's in his mid 40s. Why? Because he started at 14. So this dude, like, he's a known quantity. He's not a stranger. He's not somebody who just popped up yesterday and started doing comedy. Kevin Hart, although he is a sensation now, has been doing comedy for quite some time. And by yeah, the way, shout out to right. Kevin Hart's man, because I know he got injured in a car accident recently. And he's in recovery mode. He's gotten like he had like like surgery, like spine was fused and all that. So wish a speedy recovery to that cat. Cause I, I didn't realize it was that serious. But uh also I was thinking just on a side note, uh, this might be an opportunity for Kevin Hart to get back to being funny. Well, we we're just gonna have divergent opinions on this because I I I still enjoy Kevin Hart. And, I do too. It felt like he's been funny all this time. No, 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 no. I I, I think he's been funny, but I think the, the funny is like transferred. I think sometimes it's like when rappers 
are really hungry when they first start off or whatever mm-hmm. and their bars are just like yeah I just eat anything moving like yo like like put somebody in front of me I destroy them mm-hmm. and then they get like to that point where people start saying yo you the best mm-hmm. and you don't get that same level of hunger out of them mm-hmm. you don't get that same level of fire out of them I think Kevin got to a certain level of success or whatever like the the the, the struggles tales that he had when he was talking about being with his ex mm-hmm. that was a struggle mm-hmm. you can tell like his wife Tori was like you know a firecracker mm-hmm. and she gave him a lot of his material mm-hmm. his kids when they were young gave him a lot of material his father gave him a lot of material mm-hmm. once you get to a point where you like you're like affluent mm-hmm. when you have like like legit money where like money is not a problem for you whatever your struggles are not the same so they're not as relatable so I just think that his relatability in terms of his funny mm-hmm. is not the same I still think his ability to make people laugh just because he's an affable dude mm-hmm. and people just like him I don't think he's going to ever lose that. Conversationally, you can sit down and look at Kevin Hart in an interview, mm-hmm. like on Leno, not Leno, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, on Fallon, mm-hmm. on Kimmel, mm-hmm. whatever, and or uh, or Colbert. I don't want to throw any of the late night mm-hmm. folks out, even Conan, whatever. Mm-hmm. You can watch him on all those joints or whatever and it's find Conan. him. You can find him incredibly entertaining. Conan was the barbarian. You're he, right. He's Conan. You can find him entertaining. That's accurate. <laughs> you can find him entertaining on all those platforms or whatever. But I think pound for pound, in my opinion, I think he was funnier mm-hmm. when he was early in his comedic career. Mm-hmm. Um, he was actually in my top five because I saw like Kevin Hart early in his career, like on like regular TV. Mm-hmm. Before he was Kevin Hart, like everybody knew him or whatever. Mm-hmm. He did like a, th- a like a half an hour set, and he did not curse. Mm-hmm. And that's so difficult for a lot of comedians who come up in the circuit that he was in mm-hmm. and that we're familiar with in terms of quote unquote black comedy. It's not easy for you to do a clean set. He did a half an hour set that was fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. And that's not easy. And then like for, for him to do that, you know, like I was checking for him since like Paper Soldiers. So mm-hmm. like that's before Soul Plane was a debacle and all that shit. Mm-hmm. So I've been checking for him for a minute. And then, like, you know what I'm saying? So I've seen him like do different things. Like, yeah, this guy could be big. Mm-hmm. So when he started doing him a grown little man and all mm-hmm. that stuff, whatever. Yeah, I was like, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then, like, you know, seeing him live, whatever, it's like, okay, it's funny, but I'm not as entertained. Like, you know, like I was equally entertained mm-hmm. seeing Dave doing equanimity as I was killing him softly. Mm-hmm. And I know they're not the same comedian. And I know that's not fair. Right, right. But I'm just saying, in terms of. Well, I'm going to say this. I've had a lot of like data points for Kevin Hart. I remember going to New York um in Manhattan before day before um Kevin Hart blew up and seeing him at What's the name of that cl- club? I, it, it's the Laugh. Is it the Laugh Factory? Laugh Factory is in Cali. That's in Cali. No, yeah. what's the name of that place in Manhattan? It's a small, it was really small mm-hmm. comedy club. And this before he really blew up. But you knew he was about to do something, but he hadn't done it yet. Yeah. So I want he to was, see He him. was in that moment for like five years. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was like five years of that moment where he was like, "Yo, he's a, he's gonna be the next thing." Let me tell you something. It was it was beautiful, mm-hmm. and I will say that when I have seen him, and I saw him in that 
club when the club couldn't have had it couldn't have held any more than like 150 people, mm-hmm. whatever the name of the club was. And fine, it's fine. I don't remember the name because you're not a sponsor of this podcast. So it's, you want to be highlighted, perfectly fine. You want to sponsor all the comedy clubs in Manhattan? Let us know Brazil, who you, who you are, and I we will consider mentioning you so that you can sponsor us. But I've seen I've seen him there. And then I've seen him in what, like three arenas, sold out arena shows. Yeah. Um, well, one of them you didn't really see because people were talking in the DC area. People, people were talking in one. You hey, know look, hey, look, I, I'm not going to talk about my family. I'm just going to say I handled. That's it. why I did it. So I you didn't have to. I handled it. But look, <laughs> I will say that I think for me, and this is a preference thing. Kevin Hart mm-hmm. has maintained. Hilarity for me, mm-hmm. but I have a bigger concern. My bigger concern is that if Kevin Hart like has some sort of long term, and I hope this is not the case. I hope he's like fully recovering from whatever he suffered from in an accident, mm-hmm. and I hope that's not the case. I hope he's fully healthy, and the reason I hope he's fully healthy is because I've had two separate chances to go running with Kevin Hart in the morning in Georgetown, and I didn't go either of those times. And I missed those opportunities. And if he can't run, I'm not going to be able to run with him. Yeah, no, That's no, messed up. Like, no, you know what's funny about you that? You got to carpe diem, man. Yeah. You got to carpe that diem. Yeah. Now I can't run with Kevin Hart. Yeah, no, it's funny about that. So, like, and not quite the same thing, but in the same sphere. Um... God, God rest the dead. Dick Gregory was performing at um, tap dancing. Dick Gregory, yeah, nah, not tap dancing. Dick Gregory, oh, just regular Dick Gregory. Uh, he was he like before he then like a couple months before he passed, he performed at DC Improv. And I'm one of those people like, and I'm pretty sure like Slim will probably laugh at this, whatever, and that would be his affirmation. Um, but I'm one of those people like there are a lot of things I want to do, but like. Before I do them, I have to like mentally check, like like financially, like if it's like the thing to do. Mentally and literally check. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will. I will literally. <laughs> it's real fine. I, I will literally <laughs> pull up all my accounts. Like yeah, like in this right here, and like I got a check coming this way, and like what these bills is going out that way. I mean, motherfucker, you pull up a spreadsheet. We going to the movies. Yeah. What the hell? That's why I didn't go with y'all to see Hobbs and Shaw. I was like, yeah, I just don't hell? feel like it was financially responsible. I just I didn't feel like it was. I didn't feel like it was a move to but make. I was like, nigga, we had passes. I don't think, <laughs> uh, yeah, but those passes come at a cost. Even those passes, then I don't have an unlimited supply was, of passes. It was sunk. It was a sunk cost. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But that that's legit widening. I was like, yeah, like the cost, even though it was free. You know, that's bad. Let's just let you know how my mind works. I'm playing with the money. So, uh, yeah, the whole thing was, I was like, yeah, like I'll just see him next time. And then I heard... Uh, he was not feeling well. He was under weather, and he and then I heard like he was fighting it still, and then I heard that he had passed. And my whole thing was I had taken for granted the fact that Dick Gregory, because he was Dick Gregory, um, was going to be around longer than he was, and I missed a genuine chance to see a legend from an era that is now gone. Mm-hmm. Let me just break this down for you. Red Fox is not with us. Richard Pryor is not with us. Lenny Bruce is not with us. 
Hell, if you want to dig deeper and go into a generation after that, Bernie Mac is not with us. Mm. Robin Harris is not with us. There are so many comedy that George Carlin is not with us. I ain't said it for no applause. Robin I'm Williams is not with us. There are so many legends of the game of comedy that are not here anymore. I had an opportunity to see a legend do his thing. And as somebody who was a fan of comedy, it, it, it like most comedy clubs, if you really get down to it, are not big spaces. They're very small, Enjoys. intimate spaces. Enjoys. Intimate. Yeah, they're intimate. Like, yeah, like intimate. intimate as in like the comedian can see everybody's face. They can see everybody's nostril hairs. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's an opportunity to not only potentially see Dick Gregory, but after the show, I probably could have walked up to him and said thank you. And saw which his is the, nostril hair. Which is one of the main reasons why I wanted to see Dick Gregory in the first place. Because although... His daughter has been in this area for a long time. I was one of those people, even though I was on the scene, the like the art scene or whatever, I never met Ayanna Gregory. So I don't know Ayanna Gregory. I know people who do, who are cool with her and all that good stuff, whatever. So by as a result, have met Dick Gregory. Mm. I was not one of those people. Uh, so, yeah, I missed an opportunity. So that's one of those things out there, man. Like, you know, sometimes, like you said, like uh, I'm saying, got to... I seize the day or carpe that DM. Carpe that DM. Hey, Kevin Hart, I wish you like all the recovery. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe he's going to recover. He's, good, he, good. Yeah. I, I hope so. No, nah, he's, he's got the spirit. I think self, he recovers. Selflessly, you know, I hope he recovers yeah. just because I, I think I think in his heart he's a good dude. I mm. think he's had like real life tribulations and real life mistakes and all of that stuff that we experience that just, you know, those mistakes aren't in the public eye. Um, and I think he handles those things the best he, you know, the best he can. Better than most. Um, you know, uh, whether you agree or disagree with how he handled the whole Oscar situation, um, whether you agree or disagree with, uh, his uh, situation with his ex-wife, um, or his current wife. Yeah. Like, you know, that is, he's asking shit with him. But I I don't, I don't wish, you know, terrible things on on most people. So I, I will hope, you know, he makes a full recovery, but selfishly, um, I would just like an opportunity to just go running with Kevin Hart again. I feel like, you know, Kevin Hart is his height and I'm six six and I just feel like you oh, know now you claim six, be six. so I mean I'm like knocking on the door six six okay. so I might as well I just mean, go no, ahead. I, mean, I keep I, mean, I keep I don't know. I mean if you continue to grow it after forty, you know what I'm saying? Then like, I need you know, another claim, I need claim to, everything you get. I need to go do a study because yeah. I'm shouldn't keep growing. Like I, I'm too old to continue growing. This like is, is that is, is, are you only growing in height? Well, I mean, what what kind of a podcast is this? I no, mean, no, no, what, I'm what are we like, talking about? Like, 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 no, I, I realized after <laughs> I said it, like how that could have come across, <laughs> and and like I know this is super two thousand, but pause. Uh, <laughs> no, no, what I was I was asking whatever is like like so do you, are you having like like do you have, have your like have your hands or your arms like anything else? Is it just like like like? I what, think I'm just getting taller. But like taller how? I know you're getting taller because we. When I don't I know met where you, it is. Is it in my neck? Like, are you, are you asking me saying. if I'm like, taller like, in my out. neck? Like, Do I have a longer neck than I had before? Is that dude, what you're asking me? This is not common. <laughs> it's not common. Nah, nah. The only person I, met I know in the airport. He's really cool. Okay. The only um, what I'm saying is like you know Jorge Mirasan had like Andre the Giant. Them bamas had giantism. I don't, I don't appear to have a condition. The growth is happening very slow. No one, no, none of the medical professionals who are responsible for monitoring my health have alerted me to a pituitary condition of any kind. Have they checked? 
So, I mean, I've asked them and I think they've looked at the situation and, you know, I know it's, you know, I say this all the time. They call it practicing medicine for a reason, right? No, they don't really know, you know, all the stuff that's going on. They figure, I mean, but they, they have, figuring this stuff out as they yeah, go. Yeah, I mean, along, but, with, but as far as like giantism, they can, they can, yeah, yeah. They can So what I'm saying that. is, I've made, I've alerted them to the fact that, hey, I've noticed this pattern, and that's like after 35, I've grown like another more than an inch after 35. That feels abnormal, and they've looked at my shit and they've said, "You're fine." Are your There's growth plates still open? I think that's what I was trying to ask. My what? Your growth plates. What's that? Okay, so like nobody they, said anything to me about growth plates. Okay, so typically, like what? the way they know that you're still growing is basically when they do like X-rays and scans, they can look at your bones and see that your growth plates are still open. Like, oh well, these are still open, so you have more growing to do. That have anything to do with potassium? I know this because when I broke my wrist in college, uh, there's a whole thing like, yo, your growth plates are wide open, so you're gonna still keep growing. And I did. I, I love I, bananas. I was a bloomer. I didn't I stop growing it. until after I was like, I, th- I think I stopped growing around 23, 24 years old. Bananas are delicious. You know what, man? I'm I'm just gonna stop. I don't know. I think so. The moral of the story is, I'm fine. I'm not in any danger, but. Uh, I have. Uh, is this a camera? Is it, <laughs> it starts with a Q. Uh, I am near six six, and I think Kevin Hart and I could just like have a good time and take some funny photographs, and I think it would be good for both of us. Uh, more beneficial for him. You're welcome. Um, because you know I think like he hasn't achieved like that level of stardom that he's really looking for, and he just needs Slim to help get him over the edge to achieve the stardom he's really looking for. Mm. Like the success that he's enjoyed so far, like he's right on the cusp of really finding that fame. Uh. If he really wants to get there, okay. he need, he needs to get down with Slim, and then he'll see. Like yeah. then he'll see what real success. If he wants to see success. At success, as, at success, yeah. okay. He'll that's holler at Slim. Day. It's the Slim system. Okay, so that's that's what, what happened. Okay, all right. Yeah, I got a whole system. So we we did a whole podcast apparently on like sticks and stones from Dave Chappelle's hey. latest. That wasn't intentional, but but we you look. Let me tell you something. When the black women are not around. <laughs> This why? Is, why is like, this I don't know, is why? Why you just get so specific when the black women are not? Hey, around. look! I want to make them responsible <laughs> for this. Really? People are I gonna. That's how it works. People are gonna hear this and they're gonna be like, "This where's is the, where's the help? This is what happens when the black women are not around. Yeah, like the social yep, responsibility. They are the accountable for what you have heard today. <laughs> I think they're more accountable for what they didn't hear. Hey, I, I think that's however you want it. Whatever narrative you want to spin. T. Rich and K. Savage, this podcast is your fault. Sorry, America. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man! Uh, well, and and watermelon ice cubes. Let's not leave watermelon ice cubes yeah. out of the situation. This this was interesting. I don't. Yeah. Um. I think this would be like if we were on a on, on the vlog, which is coming, I think this would be perfectly acceptable in a much smaller like sample size. Mm-hmm. Uh I think this is egregious. <laughs> I mean look. look. I, I, I I don't know. I I'm I'm going to critique us and say that we failed, but I'm still gonna go with it. 
Is it on a curve? Is it graded on a curve? Like, is it? Is that graded on the curve? I don't. I don't. I don't want to answer that question. Okay. Oh wait, was that uncut? Was that like a, another dick joke? See, this also happens when the black women are not present. Like all these dick jokes start coming out. Like it's not. What are you talking about? It's not appropriate. This is wrong. This is wrong, and it should not happen. If you want to send uh, complaints about this, <laughs> about we this don't have podcast. a complaints department. We yet. don't have a complaints department. No, we have not formed that yet. I, okay. We might need to form one as a result. How do we get them to send their complaints to K Savage and T Rich? How do we do that? Uh, well, they can go to the Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Uh, search Flash Black. And they can find the page and the group, or you can look at Flash Black Radio or at Flash Black News. No, do it at Flash Black Radio. We're more conversational over there. Like Flash Black News is for the news. And then on IG at Flash Black Radio, uh, you can hit us there. So you have plenty of places where you can hit us up. We have created a forum for you to complain. <laughs> <laughs> what we you hear yourself? Done to we, are, we are created look, a farm. Look, you, I, I made a decision, and you made a decision. And this, yeah, my decision, I feel, is working out better. Than these, <laughs> this is the fruits. This is the fruits because, of all labels. Because the watermelon ice cube, exactly. Gotcha. And now your stuff is coming out. That's not what's coming out right now. Wait, wait, out. what is that? What's coming out what kind right of now? joke is that? Is that another shenanigans? Okay, I have no part of it. Is this a camera? It's not. It's not. Yeah. Starts with a Q. We're going to get one, though. 30 years. <laughs> 30 years. Oh, oh, yeah, that dude's trash. R. Kelly is a buffoon. I've been saying that for 20 years. And look, I know that a lot of stuff we've been saying, obviously, uh, if you if you listen to this podcast at all um, <laughs> or any of the podcasts uh, on Flash Black Radio, you would know uh, that DaVinci Parks and S-Double are very good friends. Uh, we joke around with each other. We have a similar uh, comic sensibility. Uh, but make no mistake, um, you know, we understand that the climate in this country is not awesome if you are a person of color, if you are an immigrant, if you um, are Muslim, if you are a woman, um, it's just not awesome. If part of the alphabet, <laughs> if you part of the alphabet crew, um, like we understand that it's just it's not awesome in this country. We stand in solidarity with everybody. Um, we support the movements. We do our part. Excuse me. Part of this is just you know sometimes you just need to take some time, just have a good time. Just relax a little bit and just laugh and just enjoy our company. You're welcome. This message was brought to you by S. Stubble for <laughs> Flash Black Radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for your time. I appreciate y'all patience. If y'all made it this far, God bless you. Uh, you are beautiful, wonderful human beings. Is this a camera? Even if you're not beautiful, wonderful human beings, the fact that you made it to the end of this <laughs> says something about you. I don't know what it says. Whatever it this says is. Something. It says something about you. Hey, it says something. Yeah, yeah. You might want to look into it later on, like figure out what it is. Maybe you should talk to somebody. I don't know. Talk about accountability. Yeah. You you made a decision to keep listening to this. Yeah, like like the only person I know definitively is going to listen to the end of this is me when I edit this. <laughs> That's it. 
That's it. So if you made it to the end right here without skipping, yo, we appreciate you. Thank you. Give yourself a thumbs up and a pat on the back. Uh, but for everybody else, we appreciate y'all listenership. We appreciate y'all y'all sticking with us. And we appreciate your patience in, in light of the fact that we don't have our lovely co-host with us. Yes. It's a different complexion when, you know, they're not here. Shout out to That's T. Rich. Shout out to K. Savage. pun, but it works. Yeah, yeah. But it's still funny. Yeah, because one is like, you know. Yeah, she's like, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it yeah, works, though. Yeah. That's why we need to vlog. People, like that joke. Would have translated yeah, even it would better. Have. If, it would have if we had the video. It would have been, that, so was a, that was a that was a Technicolor joke right there. <laughs> now in Technicolor. Yeah, yeah. So, um, signing off myself. Uh, I am Da Vinci Parks, aka Lee Bennett the Third. And again, I thank you for your listenership. We ask you to continue to like listen, share, uh, converse with us, watch, rinse, repeat. Yo, this is S Double AKA Slim Williams. Make sure you check for me. Just go on Facebook, spell Slim with two L's. Go on Instagram, spell Slim with two L's. Go on Twitter, spell Slim with two L's. You should be able to find me. And I'm always doing something. I'm doing some stand up comedy. I'm doing some improv. I'm doing some spoken word poetry somewhere. So just holler at me. Uh, come holler at your boy. I would love to see your faces. Um, unless you didn't like this podcast, and please stay home. Don't don't come out if you didn't like this podcast. Not this specific one. This this episode. Like, I would understand if you didn't like this podcast. <laughs> I, I I'm I'm in the middle of it and I'm actually on the fence about you. Are, uh, you are uncomfortable. I can see you look uncomfortable. No, I'm. You're I'm not actually, even sitting comfortably right now. Well, that's because I don't have a back to this chair. Hey, look, I took it off with an Allen wrench. That was so fucking specific. Like, <laughs> like, like the type of wrench didn't matter. You just like, okay, right. that's what I use. We gonna we signing off, man. We appreciate y'all, man. Stay blessed, stay well. God bless. Peace. <laughs> we didn't even talk about the wedding, yo. Huh? Oh, shit. We could do another one. Nah. We can get <laughs> whole, we nah, can get two whole. Nah, that's two whole. I know how you tell stories. That's gonna be a whole forty uh, minutes right there. I gotta use the bathroom again. You you gonna be like, hey man, the sky was blue. <laughs> <laughs> The DJ was playing Don't Stop Your Love by Keith Sweat in slow motion. <laughs> then he transitioned to a jazz rendition of Usher's You Make Me Want to Leave the One I'm With. Oh, yeah, that's funny because he actually did. Yeah, he did. <laughs>